How many are actually public so far? Because um, even just like a year or two ago, there was like no, like none. There's there's probably about a dozen, um, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Um, a lot of them are in Canada, just kind of like the, right. the pot stocks. Um, but we are seeing consolidation in the space. Um, Cybin, I believe, bought another company called Small Pharma. And they're working on a phase three study, um, which is huge. I mean, if that, if that, pat, like, if that data is encouraging, I mean, that's going to be huge for the market. Yeah, I mean, these are phase three so, too. Yeah, these aren't just exactly. phase one. That's pretty, like phase three is human trials. Yeah. Right. All right, let's get started. This is the Angel Research Podcast. I'm here with Alex Bolden. What's up? Welcome to the show. We were just talking before this started about uh, sports betting. I, I guess you're a big sports bet betting person. Let's go O's, baby. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so it's, what's today? The 27th? 8th? 29th? 28th? So it's the 28th, and the Orioles need one win to clinch the American League East division and get the number one seed. So we'll both be watching tonight. Are you uh-huh. going to the game? I am not going to the game, but I'm going to some uh, postseason games. Already got tickets. Mm-hmm. Was it were those hard to get? A little bit, yeah. I uh, had to buy them from a ticket holder from like a season right. holder, but yeah, yeah. So we were talking about betting on the sports, and you use FanDuel, right? I use Draft no, you Kings. use DraftKings. DraftKings is public. Yes. FanDuel is not. I, I guess yep. Muno was saying out there. You can chime in on this, Muno, if you want. Yeah. So um, I'm pretty bullish on sports betting as a whole. I am as well. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily good for society in right, general, but right. it seems to be this massive – it's everywhere now. Yeah, so before, what, you just you had to go to Vegas yeah. to bet? Um, now you just need an app. Need an app. You can still go to the casino. Um, my first experience with sports betting was the Phil Mickelson Tiger Woods um, match in, and they were in Vegas. But I went to a casino um, in Delaware when it was legal, um, and unfortunately, the machine we placed me and my friend placed our bets, and the uh, machines didn't like take our bet. So at the end of the night, we couldn't cash them out. Like. It, you, it just never took the bet. It never so you, took it. But yeah. you would have won. Well, I who did you bet I on? Actually, would have lost. <laughs> oh, so you lucked out. I bet who on. Did, I bet on Tiger. You bet on Tiger. Yeah. Oh man, that is it's huge. Um, it seems to only be growing. I personally don't really partake in anything other than you know fantasy football. But I know it's just everywhere now. The leagues are integrating it. So. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of huge plays surrounding that, but there is some, like, it's all about the regulatory stuff, right? Like, I think in Maryland, it's legal. You know, Vegas, I think maybe half the states, but what, like, if you if you download the app and then you go to a state where it's not legal, like, it won't work, right? I believe so. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think even if you're, like, a resident of that state, um, the, where it is legal, it it won't work in another state. 
Um, oh, like they like geolocate you I th- to I see. believe so. Yeah, I heard yeah. about that. They just kind of know, which is insane. So yeah. anyway, didn't really um, want to go into that topic. But what we definitely wanted to talk about, too, is gold at your at your grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with at that? Your, uh, your local Costco. I'm you a can, Costco uh, member. I got the Costco membership. You gotta you gotta get online <laughs> when they when they post these uh, these new gold bars from uh, their Pamp Suisse Lady Fortuna Veriskin bars. Probably not saying that right. How one, one ounce gold bars? So selling, one ounce. I mean, yep. that's a big you know. Yeah, it's a big purchase for a lot of people. Um, but they're actually selling it for just above spot price. Okay. So spot price. Um, it's that gold's actually dropped um, today. It's down around eighteen thousand, or sorry, eight thousand five hundred. Eighteen hundred. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, 8, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I know what you meant. I know sorry, what you meant. My bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're selling them around like nineteen hundred fifty dollars, okay. something like that. Um, if you go to your local, uh, you know, coin shop, you're going to be paying well over two grand for an yeah. ounce. So um, they're selling out within hours. Um, really? You know, oh yeah. Oh yeah. To limit two per customer. Yeah. Is is this some sort of new market they're trying to get? Is this like a PR ploy, or is this just a sign of the times? Like, I uh, that's a good question because I feel like it could be a sign of the times. They're just kind of banking on that fear that's going on right now in the yeah. markets. Um, and they're thinking, and just prepping for it. Yeah, they're thinking, hey, why don't we get some gold and then uh, sell it to us? <laughs> no, it's just so it's just gold though. It's just gold, uh, not silver. Not, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I mean, you know, the gold. It, it's crazy because the last time gold topped out, so to speak, around you know two thousand twenty one hundred, the big. You know, the, the ultimate sign that it was sort of a top in the market was the pawn shops, the big cash for gold. Like you, you would go to your local mall, mm-hmm. you would see cash for gold signs. And of course, they also are people sort of capitalizing on the fact that people don't really know the actual cost of gold. Yeah. And like so you can give them something like a piece of gold jewelry that is – you know, kind of worth a decent amount, but they'll give you like peanuts for it mm-hmm. compared to what it actually the actual gold value of it is worth. And when people are, you know, you know, when consumers are squeezing thin, they are um, they're they're more than willing to part with you know something that they have in order to get cash in hand. Of course, that was the ultimate top because then after that it fell. Um, so do we think this is a sign of another top here? Or just them, because they're not buying gold from from customers. They're actually just selling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my opinion is that it's always a good thing to have gold. Right. Um, I wouldn't put all of my money in it, obviously, because interest rates are so high right now. You can just open a, a high interest savings account, right. and get five percent or something. Um, you know, some are even high as, as six and a half. Um, I mean, I'll put my money there all day. Right. Like, you're just making hundreds of dollars every month depending on, you know, how much you have. So, yeah, so it's an interesting move, especially cuz like you said the the markup on gold is not that much whereas 
Costco grocery stores, they sort of like, um, I don't know. I feel like maybe this is a loss leader. So I've talked about this before, but Costco Mm -hmm. sells like a $5 rotisserie chicken. Yeah. And it's like in the very back of the store and there's no way they're making any money on it. So I'm assuming the gold bar, you actually have to go into the store to buy. I think you can only buy it online. Oh, you can only buy it online. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is um, in, in just uh, an effort to get people to their website, I Could guess. Be. Yeah. Uh, generate some new customers. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting to me because a couple of months ago I was looking at buying some gold, um, but it was just too expensive. I'm like, I'm like, so th- this is actually pretty intriguing. Um, yeah, you might see me with a Costco uh, gold bar here soon on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really interesting um, how that is. So we'll, it's interesting to see that play out. But, um, it, you know, you walk um, – there's not a lot of places you can just randomly buy a, a gold bar um, besides like a pawn shop, a particular precious metals dealer. Mm-hmm. So um, it is very um, intriguing that they are – that they are going down this path, but I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, the next topic I think we wanted to cover. Well, let's talk about. So we talked about uh, the Orioles. It's Thursday, and we have a looming potential government shutdown. Mm-hmm. What I haven't really been keeping up too much on it. Is is the government going to shut down? Should we even care? We're in the Baltimore, D.C. metro area, and uh, you know. Probably every one of us knows dozens of people that work for the federal government that mm-hmm. are likely to be furloughed or, you know, over the next week. So uh, yeah. is it going to happen? So the the overall consensus among experts and the media is that, like, probably like 90 percent, yes, it's yes. going to happen on Sunday. Um I follow Punchbowl News. They have an inside scoop uh, in D.C. Can you bet on whether it's going to shut down or not on On DraftKings? We should just make our own website and have put bets on that. Um, So the problem is that the they're trying to push through a continuing resolution bill, and it includes – Six billion dollars in new economic and military aid for Ukraine, plus six billion dollars for disaster relief, um, and this is becoming that's for Hawaii, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously a good thing, but um, the aid to Ukraine is becoming very controversial now. Of course, um, I think it has been for a while. Um, you know, Rand Paul had a, a speech where. He just talked about how, you know, Americans are suffering at home and inflation is so high and this is only going to increase inflation. And we don't have a system in place of a check and balance where we know that that money is making it to where it's supposed to go. Um, Yeah, and it seems like there's basically no end in sight. So it's a lot of money. Do we just keep... And I know a lot of that money, so to speak, is not necessarily actual cash. I know it's like old like missiles, I guess, that we just have lying around. Mm-hmm. And so the defense contractors, I'm sure, are like, 
yeah, like unload all that new stuff or old stuff Mm -hmm. and then buy our, you know, backfill it with the new stuff so that the machine in Washington is sort of counting on that. Yeah, we will unload all our old missiles and then we're going to need missiles for our defense. So we're going to buy the new shit that's probably like 10 times as more. And then it just keeps circling back around. So I think people are kind of getting wise to that. Um, at least I, I'm assuming it's Republicans now that are sort of blocking this or or what's the is that the main a piece of uh, wood just fell off in our studio. Uh-oh. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're all safe. It's falling apart. Um, yeah. Is it Republicans that are uh, that are blocking it mostly? All right. That's what I am reading. Yeah. yeah. Um, and. I think a big part of that, uh, the Republicans want more border security money and spending cuts that they've been demanding for a long time, and um, they just don't want to see this get passed and then, you know, all that money just go to another country. So I think that's that's the rub. Um, it it makes sense. I mean, you know, we know the the government is already spending in oblivion into oblivion um the national debt is what 30 plus 31 32 trillion it's just like a trillion's getting yeah. added every month it seems like yeah. so um you know and interest rates are are, are high mm-hmm. so now not only you know that debt service on that is got to be over a trillion dollars a year now just in itself so um, that's, that's where we're at. So, you know, you follow the, the Senate and the insider sort of trading. And when we say insider trading, we actually are basically just talking, I mean, a, in terms of politicians, we're basically talking about legal insider trading is what they do, but it's not legal. Like no one, they're not supposed to do it, but they just do it. So are, with this shutdown, is there any like weird activity going on? Like are, have, have, members of Congress been selling positions? Are they kind of like on, are they being more careful about that because they don't know? Or do you think they'll try to push the deal through so that like the market doesn't sell off? Well, I don't, I really do think that it's going to shut down um, on Sunday. And I think that they're, you know, it's just business as usual for them. They're going to play it. Well, they're still going to get paid, right? They're still going to get paid. So, (laughs) um, you, there are, you know, there is legal insider trading, but there is also illegal insider trading where, I mean, just recently an an ex-senator, um, uh, or sorry, a, a former Indiana congressman, um, Stephen Beyer, um, just got sentenced to 22 months in prison and fined $350,000 because he was in some closed deal meetings um, regarding T-Mobile and, a, and Sprint merging, and he wasn't supposed to tell anybody, but he apparently bought a bunch of stock in his accounts. His friends bought stock, mm-hmm. family bought stock, and um, apparently he made more than $126,000. And then that was in 2018. In 2019, he did it again. Same thing. He was like on a consulting advisory board. And, and this uh, was when he was a member of Congress. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but he's since been 
what did he get removed? Yeah, crazy. Did he get removed or he just got voted out or he lost this? I'm not sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think they are starting to crack down on this, um, whether you're in power at the time or. or yeah, but that's after. like, that's also like, I never even heard of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's like 126. That's like what like Pelosi makes in like a day. Mm. Like the, these like big time senators yeah. are like they're, they're just too, too powerful um, to, to go after. So and that actually brings up a good point. Like, are they actually going to you haven't heard every couple of months they talk about a senator or a congressman wanting to introduce a bill right. to ban stock trading. Yep. Is that part of this? debt ceiling discussion at all or like has that just been they come out and say it and then nothing ever happens to it they just hope people yeah. forget about it yeah i i don't think it it's part of this no. uh, resolution but yeah every every like six months or so you hear it and um and just it just doesn't happens. it just doesn't happen for no them. i mean it, it's a for the longest time you know it was a perk of being in congress where you could just make these trades i mean that that's a huge perk and they don't want to let that go um but since you know with, with the internet and social media i mean you know they they're basically being shamed online yeah. right yeah and you know they don't have any shame so yeah I was, you can't, it doesn't even, they're just yeah they're like okay cool like I'll just ignore it and keep doing what yeah, i'm doing because nothing's gonna happen. i mean well and half the time it's probably not even them actually doing it it's it's whoever works for them like sort of orchestrating half these congressmen they, they, uh, it looks like they don't even know where they are half the time they're so old <laughs> oh my God. um so uh, all right let's yeah. switch gears because this is an interesting topic that i saw you do a video on earlier and that's shrooms mm-hmm. mushrooms i yeah. should say Look, brought uh, to you by uh oh you got ve- some here uh, no it's just mushroom jerky but... oh okay <laughs> It's not psychedelic. These aren't mushroom. psychedelic. No, no, we want to talk about the good stuff here. Yeah. Not 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 uh, the stuff, not portobello's. <laughs> we know it's actually crazy. It's one of the most profitable uh, crops that you can grow is oyster mushrooms. I don't even know what an oyster mushroom is. It's like the, um, well, I'm doing this. All mushrooms yeah. look like that. I think they're <laughs> just white, uh, like regular uh-huh. mushrooms that you get in the store. Um, mm-hmm. But like profitable per like acre you know they're just you can yeah because you kind of, they they don't they grow really fast mm-hmm. so you can, you can grow them inside in like a uh you know uh, a grower so right it's um yeah just interesting but um yeah obviously that's not as profitable as um i think psychedelic mushrooms um they're really the talk of the town right now um yeah, so what's the deal? Are we going to uh, – Oregon's legalized it. Do we have any particular uh, plays? Is, is this tracking the same way as as marijuana did? So that's a good point, and I think that you need to look at mushrooms and marijuana in uh, separate categories. Um, you know, we just got legalized – uh, in Maryland, recreationally, right? You can go to the corner store and buy, you know, an ounce of weed or whatever. Um, but I think that because it is it, it is set up that way, 
to be a recreational play um, that's going to drop the, the price and the value of that product. Right. So weed is like dirt cheap. Uh, it used to be expensive, right? So now that it's it's trading freely, like in the open market, it is significantly dropped in price. People can invest into actually growing it at a at a farm factory scale. Mm-hmm. And, and you can grow your own, too. Yeah. Um, in Maryland, you can have two pot plants. Um, so we ideally would never have to buy it. Right. Know? Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. I grow uh, uh, zucchini like, in yeah. my yard, but I also still just go to the store <laughs> and, buy, and buy vegetables, too. Yeah, that's too. true. <laughs> Um, no, but I, and I think that weed was kind of, it was on track to be like a, a medicinal play, right? right? Where everybody said that it has all of these medicinal, uh, compounds in it. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that is true. But it was Um, also kind of like the backdoor way because Maryland medical marijuana has been legal for like 10 years, I think, right, in in Maryland, and then they yeah, just probably. did. So it's like all these states, some are just skipping and going all out, but some of them, a lot of times, the first thing is medical, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, see, see, no one, uh, the world didn't end. Let's, right. let's, let's amp it up now. And all, also, look at all the tax revenue we can generate yes. from this. Which, which is a great thing. I think that's, that's a huge boon to the, the economy. Um, but mushrooms are being um you know lauded as a as a true like medicine right um it's being it's being tested by a lot of companies right now for um ptsd um depression Mm -hmm. anxiety um like alcohol use disorder um addictions yeah and they're getting really good results um there's a company maps that just um released phase three uh data for and it's not so when we talk about mushrooms we also have to talk about like the psychedelics industry as a whole right um there's also ketamine and dmt yeah when we when you say mushrooms it's not and even psychedelic mushrooms it's um what are the big ones psilocybin Psilocybin i guess dmt is that are those two different those are different. Psilocybin is the active compound in magic mushrooms that kind of um, breaks that blood-brain barrier and goes right. acts quickly on the brain. DMT is kind of that um, the sleep – or not the sleep, but like – don't they call it like the death? Um, right. Where... Yeah, because when you, when you die, like DMT, I guess, is released yeah. to like sort of calm you down mm-hmm. and – as you meet your yeah, that's what they meet say. Your end. That's what they say. I guess no one's really. <laughs> I guess there's been. Stu- there, I'm sure there's been studies yeah. about this. So, and ketamine, I think, is a tranquilizer. That's um, what I always like. Yeah, yeah. associate that with. So that's got to be yeah on the anxiety end as well. Yeah. So those are the three three. Are there any any other main ones that they're studying? I think those are those are the big ones. The big that ones are, that are being actively tested. And I, I think um, you, you said Oregon and I think Utah um, may have legalized like psilocybin therapy. Right. Um, so you can go and they have kind of clinics that you can go to if you're really suffering from anxiety and depression. 
Um, and I think that that's positioning it like that instead of like, oh yeah, like let's get high. Like, right. No, it's like you, you go there, they have a, a testing facility. I think the main way that they do it now is they, um, have you put headphones on and you have like a sleep mask and you, they have you take psilocybin, um, you know, I think it's probably in in tea, some kind of consumable. I was gonna form. say it's not like they just hand you like yeah. a big thing like, here's your mushrooms. <laughs> like, just don't take too many. There's like <laughs> yeah, an yeah. actual like dosage mm-hmm. in either uh yeah a drink or a. I, I guess at some point the goal would be to just maybe have it in pill form or something. Yeah, I, I mean that I that, pro- that might be what it is too. Right. But, um, it's very encouraging, um, and especially because. You know, especially with COVID and the whole, I mean, it, it's really ramped up. Um, you know, a lot of clinics are just filled with alcoholics. Um, like alcoholism is really on the rise. Yeah. Uh, I depression. Mean, yeah. Depression, drug, like the mental health issues yeah. are crazy. Um, depression, um, uh, drug addiction. I mean, like the drug overdoses are just insane. So I know there's a lot of promising, um, data coming out on stopping addiction to these certain things. So it's just not, it's just the same kind of deal that you kind of hear with marijuana when they were trying to kind of push that as is like, Oh, this is just like potheads or Hey, like the people that do mushrooms are just like crazy, like right. sort of like seventies, like hippies that are just going nuts. Yeah. Um, it seems to be that the, these are clinics that you go into where there's someone like supervising you mm-hmm. and, um, and the early data seems to be pretty, um, pretty promising so that that one company you talked about is that a public company uh maps no that's a i think it's a non-profit um but they it's good to use them as a barometer like for the industry because if they are coming out with positive phase three data um that's really huge and there are publicly there are actually a lot of publicly traded traded companies um one is is Cybin. Um, they've really been on a run recently. Uh, the past month, I think they're up over 100%, like 140% uh, or something like that. I'm assuming their focus is psilocybin's he- yep. from the name. Yep. And um, and these are considered biotech plays, right? Is that is that where we are? Like the biotech pharmaceutical industry, is, is that sort of, you talk about phase because mm-hmm. they have to go through the FDA. Yeah. Um, process and all that sort of stuff yeah that would be biotech Um, whereas the marijuana stuff sometimes was more like kind of lumped in on like the tobacco and i guess like agricultural right um so i think that that's why you can't lump them together and you know we had a huge run with pot stocks uh i think that's what everybody wants to uh, potentially mimic right i mean that's when it's compared to pot i mean obviously these are you know marijuana pot uh you know mushrooms or whatever they're kind of on this like hey like illicit drugs that people Mm -hmm. use recreationally been around you know since the 70s or before then and so they're kind of lumped in together 
But of course, we know what happened with pot stocks in you know 2017. Mm-hmm. We were like super early on that, and it was for a while. I think even people here um, were like, "Oh, come on!" You know what I mean? I think it was yeah. we were about a year early. And, um, you know, all you need is, you know, a couple of the, you know, one or two plays and then the market kind of perks up. And um, and so it's matured since then. So while it's different, it's still, you know, our here is to try to explore some of these ideas and and know what's out there and getting in early. Um, You know, sometimes, like I said, we're too early. But it's good to watch the space because as soon as maybe some mergers and acquisitions pick up or, you know, you just hear like – because any of these companies that are um, public can then be acquired or some of these private companies can be acquired Mm -hmm. or go public. So how many are actually public so far? Um, Because even just like a year or two ago, there was like no – like none. There's there's probably about a dozen, um, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Um, a lot of them are in Canada, just kind of like the, right. the pot stocks. Um, but we are seeing consolidation in the space. Um, Cybin, I believe, bought another company called Small Pharma, and they're working on a phase three study, um, which is huge. I mean, if that if that like if that data is encouraging, I mean that's going to be huge for the market. Yeah, I mean these are phase three so, too. Yeah, these aren't just exactly. phase one. That's pretty, like phase three is human trials. Yeah, right. Or even even phase two is human trials. I think. I so. think. Um, but yeah, phase three has to be very more uh, safety and yes and stuff more like specific. that. Um, and so what are what's the main? Uh, are any of these like phase threes? Are are they targeting specific things? Is it PTSD, uh, depression, or it, are there specific things they're they're looking to treat um it's it's mainly ptsd um but you know that kind of gets you know on the back end of that is depression um right so you can you can look at it that way um but for the ptsd it's like the data is like ridiculously good like they're saying that it's it eliminates it completely which is like unheard of yeah, that's crazy. I mean, particularly, and I remember talking to Jeff about this um, a, a couple of months ago, and the military, just the military aspect of it. And I think, I think they're basically saying, I don't know, I, we'd have to figure out the exact numbers, but more more soldiers basically die from like suicide right. than doing combat. You know, from when they come back, and so um, that's sort of a kind of i mean it's a well-known fact but it's sort of one of the things that if that can be fixed that is uh, you know and that's something that you know everybody's can seemingly get a get behind like you you aren't behind you know keeping uh people that fought for our country who come back all fucked up in the head like you aren't okay with like giving them this opportunity to yeah. live like a normal life like it seems like a no-brainer right. and then of course you extend that out to what that can mean from you know the millions of people that are suffering from depression and and all this other stuff going on so i mean the market seems pretty huge and so when you're saying i mean it, it, this isn't even really like a treatment too like it's a treatment but it's like a limited treatment so mm, you're saying yeah. like 
they just do it a couple times and yeah. then basically bam they're cured yeah they do a high enough dose and what the what the data suggests is that it it's acting in a way on the brain to kind of um rewire um right. some of those neurons that are like you know i mean i don't know exactly. from the traumatic yeah because yeah. they say like hey you have a traumatic event it's going to sort of be like ingrained in mm -hmm. your brain it's the same reason you sort of remember like I remember exactly where I was when I heard about 9-11 and, right. like, saw it, you know what I mean? But I can't remember what happened a week past that. Um, but and if that's something that I wanted to forget, I could potentially, you know. Yeah, and I don't think, I don't think it's about forgetting it, though. I think it helps you uh, come to terms with, right. with it. Yeah. Um, it helps – what they're saying is that it, it helps you produce, you know, new connections. So you can – you can come to terms with traumatic experiences and um, just, you know, maybe learn from them and, and kind of accept it. Right. Um, and be able to live like a happy life after that. So I think that's, that's yeah, I something don't, that. Yeah, I don't see. And it doesn't seem like there's very many downsides to it. I guess there's the idea of like a bad trip, so to speak. Yeah. And. Um, I think maybe that's some of the hesitation. Um, uh, but, I mean, to my knowledge, people aren't really, like, dying from this. I mean. Yeah, I don't know if, if you can overdose on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, mean they're doing you... it in a clinical setting. I'm sure people yeah. have, like, done some crazy shit, like, just getting high on magic mushrooms yeah but, like if you there might be bacteria or fungus or something like if you eat it right a, a field right but, but these are clinically done settings um with people that are like sort of I, I guess the idea too is that you also have some sort of psychotherapy done in conjunction with this so you're actually talking to a therapist and 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 laying these things out to help so yep. it's just i think i think people just sort of want they're in search for a magic pill, right? And that's what they associate with some of this stuff. It's just like, oh, like, just give me a pill and I'll just magically. But, you know, the complicated sort of diseases and, mm -hmm. and issues like this are not, you know, are not easily solved with just a pill. And no. then, okay, go to sleep, take, you know. Yeah, you have to work work through it in your brain too when, when you're on it. Um, from what I was was reading and like the the testimonials is you know you're you kind of go through it and, and you were talking about like a bad trip like sometimes you sometimes that's what's necessary and then you right push past it um and yeah you you kind of talk to somebody um i think the therapist is in the room but you're not they don't actually they want to limit the interaction while you are on the drug and then you can talk about it afterwards um, well, so. I'm sold. I want to try some. All right, let's, let's do it. <laughs> so, no, I want the good <laughs> stuff. Um, so la last thing I think we wanted to touch on is is uh, I don't even know what you would call these. Do you call them drones? You call them uh, um, helicopters? You call them what? <laughs> what? But Kathy the, Wood, uh, Kathy Wood is is big on them. Yeah, the EV tolls. 
electric vertical takeoff and landing vehicles. See, I don't, I, I don't know if that just doesn't have the. It doesn't roll off the. Yeah, side. it's like, oh, I'm gonna take the the e, EV toll. Yeah. I'm gonna take the EV toll. Okay, yeah, but they're big. Um, and so, what's the latest on on that? Yeah, so, you know, Kathy Wood, who runs the Arc uh, Arc Invest, which is based out of New York. Um, it's flagship ETF, which is the ARK Innovation ETF, kind of invests in, um, you know, disrupt, disruption, um, disrupting technology. Um, Crazy moonshot like, type stuff. Yeah, they were big into, like, the crypto. Um, Tesla for forever. For a while, yeah. yeah. Um, but right now, uh, in their latest uh, quarterly report, uh, they disclosed that they bought 250000 more shares of an EV toll company called Archer Aviation, um, and there's there's about four or five, maybe more EV toll companies, but it's really like Joby Aviation and Archer Aviation are the mm-hmm. two competing. And I think Ar- Archer, you played in your premium newsletter, yeah. Insider Stakeout. I, yeah. I mean, what was that like? A hundred and what, what was the gain you got on that? Well, we played it. We. We kind of like we're swing trading it, right? Um, okay. So, it's, I think it's near 100 percent cumulative what we right. made on it. But yeah, each time it's kind of popped, and you know sometimes I'll get a little antsy and want to sell. So hey, man, um, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with uh, with taking gains off the table. I think um, a lot of our readers do that. Yeah, too. I think so. Um, it's interesting the psychology of of making these large gains in a short period of time. Cause you're talking about, I mean, how many times did you trade it in the span of like six months? It was, was I think it, it was three, three in six months. Yeah. So each yeah. time it was like 40% gain. Right. So, so yeah, yeah. And that's way different than investing in a stock and, um, you know, sitting on it for six years and making mm-hmm. 40%, which is still like, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's about average or yeah. what you would get. But, I mean, forty percent gains three times in six months. Uh, yeah. That's pretty uh, that's pretty good. That's almost as good as betting on the Orioles to win the World <laughs> Series. Um, but yeah, so she owns ten percent. I mean, you can look at it like um, kind of an air taxi. Um, they're going to be shuttling um, people to and from different areas, like around the airport, um, to kind of cut down on traffic. But I really think that this is more of a futuristic play, too. I think people are really seeing this as, like, the future of, mm-hmm. you know, small city air travel. I mean, you can land these. Um, you've seen them, but the military kind of has these already where um, the wing will come up like a helicopter in order to take off and land. And then it'll tilt forward and it acts as a propulsion system and so it's a plane but these are electric so i think that's the, the and they're the not kicker. they still have a pilot right oh yeah yeah okay yeah they're not drones i mean maybe in the yeah i guess the idea of a drone is that there is no pilot it's like kind of remote controlled yeah. so there's a pilot in there um yep. i'm assuming now like these are are they already operating it yeah they're testing them um they're they're set to hit i think the chicago airport uh next year okay so, i mean that's only a few months away so right we're gonna be seeing seeing them in the skies and when you see them you're gonna be like oh i heard yeah. about that yeah Should've and i'm bought ass- it yeah and and i'm assuming you know these are you know 
fairly uh, fairly expensive rides probably to start. Yeah. Um, but you know, it starts out with like, hey, you know, VIPs or whatever are, are going to do them. And then as it scales out, the cost goes down and then, yep. you know, everybody's going to be potentially using these. Yeah. And I think it'll probably just end up being like an, an addition, like when you buy your plane ticket, just be like, do you want to add An add-on. Yeah. Well, yeah. And are, is the idea that they would like come pick you up at your house or like there's basically like if you're in a big city, there's like a rooftop like landing spot i guess yeah probably they'll probably build out like some infrastructure um be like a bus stop you know where you're just waiting there for it right and it come comes and takes you so yeah that'll uh that'll hit next year um and if it doesn't hit next year it it will you know yeah that won't be a positive but uh, they're really trying to get it up and running next year so right all right well we'll keep an eye on that and maybe we'll check in and we can you can um declare victory or uh or defeat (laughs) (laughs) but hey it's a moonshot play and um so we invite people to check it out that's what we're here for yeah that's what we like all right i think that's good for today's episode i appreciate your time alex Um, be sure to check out Alex's premium newsletter where, you know, he swing trade this three stock for 40% gains each time. And there's some other there's some yeah. other cool plays in there where he's, you know, tracking uh, congressional trades and, and seeing what these uh, these douchebags in Congress are up to. So, um, yeah, check out the link uh, in the description below should be there. And uh, yeah, check me out there. Thanks All right. A lot. Like, comment, subscribe. Adios. Adios.